Hey, this is Dave Gambrel from Digital Marketing Mentorship with Dave Gambrel. And if you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsis. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today. If we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. It is now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. So listeners, today I have a guest. His name's Dave Gambrell, and Dave is a keynote speaker, corporate trainer, and executive coach who helps people unleash their awesome on the world with a focus on digital marketing. He made his first few dollars online from website banner ads and selling things on eBay in the early 1990s and has been growing his online empire ever since. Dave has also launched a podcast called Unleash the Awesome. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Dennis, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to be joining you and your audience today. Awesome, thank you. Hey, um, just uh, I know I've just done an introduction for you, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background. Yeah, what I'm doing now is uh, it's interesting because if you were to look back, you know, 10, 20 years ago and say that this is what I'd be doing, I would not have believed you. Uh, I've done various things. When I got out of school, I ended up going into the U.S. Navy and served some time there as a, a hospital corpsman in the medical field. And that was a great experience. Got to spend some time with the U.S. Marines and do all kinds of stuff, be stationed in all different parts of the U.S. And then left there and ended up doing a bunch of different jobs in sales and marketing, including working in minor league baseball and professional sports, uh, the NBA, the NHL, doing all kinds of sponsorship sales and things like that. Uh, And then I ended up doing, uh, for about 12 years, that was probably the longest place I was actually anywhere. I worked for a big pharmaceutical company selling drugs out of the back of my car, if you will, the legal way. And then I ended up doing from there, going into my leadership training and consulting business, because one of the things I learned is that, uh, to your point, leadership is changing. And I noticed at the time that the, the world was changing and things were shifting and things were coming online and people needed to figure that out. So I launched that business. And then what happened is because I started getting a lot of my stuff online relatively easily because I have experience in the space, Many of my peers were asking me how I was doing it and what was going on and how they could do it. And so for the last six or seven years, I've had a business where I help people, essentially speakers, trainers, coaches, and consultants monetize their message online. And so that's been going really well. And then off of that, spun the podcast, Unleash the Awesome, that I started uh, three months ago. So that's where we are. 
Yeah, great. And so nowadays, uh, the digital side of things with leadership and so forth, I mean, how important is that for people today to be digital savvy? I think it's critical because the world's going that way. And if you're not going to go that way, I think you're missing out. I mean, if you look at all the big things that happen in the world these days, it's coming through someone who has control of a microphone and a camera and maybe Twitter or Instagram or something like that. So if you don't have a presence there, you're certainly going to put yourself at a disadvantage. And so I think it's critical that people start to figure out, if they haven't already, how to have a digital presence and jump into the conversation that's happening online because they have to build up a little bit of a repertoire so that if they need to take another job or maybe they're running for government or something and people go to look for information about them, if there's nothing out there, it's just as bad as having negative stuff out there. So you want to make sure that you have some, like there's a story being told about you online. You should probably be the one that's telling that story. And the only way to do that is to get online and start sharing some content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dave, the other thing I, I find with a lot of these is uh, that they have a LinkedIn profile or presence there, but they, they say that I, I don't do anything with it. I don't really do anything. Do, do they have to be not only just digital savvy, but do they need to be active in the digital world as well? In other words, they're doing posts and things like that. Do they have to do that? Yeah, I would recommend that they do. They don't necessarily need to create their own content though to start. One of the things that I think works really well is you're probably, if you're successful in the field that you're in, you're probably doing some reading of articles and research about your industry and your competitors and things like that. And so you're probably paying attention to that stuff anyway. So what you can do is share that information on LinkedIn and say, look, here's an article that I read and I think this is the impact that it will have on our industry or whatever. And just start positioning yourself as an authority or expert in that space. And one of the ways you do that is you take this content and you provide the so what for your audience or your industry. So it might be a general story that you read, or it might be a story that you read about something in another industry, but it could be something that might apply to your industry or situation. So you just say, hey, here's a cool article. So what that means to us or what that means to this industry is this. And that doesn't take a lot of time because like I said, you're probably digesting or reading some of this stuff anyway. So just take the extra minute to push the share button and then put your own perspective on it because that's how you position yourself as an authority or a thought leader in your industry. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, anyone can go online and click like. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy to do. But I think what you just shared there about resharing other people's uh, articles or comment, um, posts and things like that, but putting your perspective, adding value that way, that I think is, that's where the key is. It's, it's actually adding the value for sure. The next question I wanted to ask you was, who's your favorite leader? Now, this person could be alive or it could be from history. So who is your favorite leader and why? This is such a great question. My favorite leader is actually my dad, mainly because I've watched him navigate some very interesting things throughout his life. And he worked for his entire career, actually, for one company, he worked for uh, AT&T. And I forget how many years he worked there. But you know, he was there as the whole industry went from long distance to cell phones to the internet and to all that stuff. And so he really had to learn how to adapt. And then he was a thought leader within that community as well. And so watching that, and then of course, trying to lead a family. And he has three boys. I have two brothers. And it just turns out that I also have three boys of my own. But watching him navigate that and watching him continue to evolve, I think was always fascinating to me. And then the things that he would share with us were the things that he would share that he shared with his teams and with his his people at AT AT&T. And he would share those things with us as kids and say, hey, here's some things you need to learn or whatever. So I would say that that he is definitely my, my favorite leader. If you're looking for somebody that you might know, 
I'm a big fan of, there's a military leader in the United States. His name is Stan McChrystal, uh, Stanley McChrystal. And he's got a lot of books out in the marketplace about leadership. I can't even remember what his most recent book is, but I like the way he's a thoughtful leader. And uh, even though he was in the military industrial complex in the United States for a really long time, he didn't let his thoughts about leadership stagnate. He continually evolved. And as the, you know, the U.S. presence in the military was evolving over time, his thoughts and his, his ideas also evolved. So Stan McChrystal would also be on that list. Yeah, great. So I, li- I like what you say there about the, the stagnant, don't, don't stagnate, but also because everything's still moving, right? So we need to yep. continue our thoughts and that. But I love also what you shared about your dad, right? I mean, there's, you know, somebody you've learned from, somebody who's you know, really precious for you as well. And, but being able to learn from them and see how they are as a leader with their own team, but then actually transfer that learnings as well, sharing with his own personal team, his, his sons, and that, that's, that's pretty cool to, to see. Yep. So leadership is changing. When I say that term, and that's what the show is called, what does that mean for you? I think it's funny that we're up Stanley McChrystal, General Stanley McChrystal, because he's one of the guys that talks about this a lot. But I think leadership used to be a top-down approach. So there was you know, a leader or CEO or a person that sat at the top of the hierarchy of the organization. And they basically just shared the information and it flowed downhill. And that's the way it worked. And it worked fine for a really long time. But I believe now we have this thing, uh, Stan McChrystal calls decentralized command, meaning the leader casts the vision now, but the successful companies, the ones that are able to transition and take on all the change that we see in the world are the ones where the leader shares their vision and their intent, and then they delegate implementation and the activity down to their team. So instead of telling them how to do it, they just tell them what the end result should be and they let the teams figure out how to do it themselves. And that's how, because things are evolving so quickly, that's how successful leaders are also evolving. They're allowing their teams to be part of that leadership conversation instead of always dictating the conversation. Right. So almost like set the vision and then get the heck out of the way and let the teams get on with what they're really good at doing rather than sort of trying to dictate and force things in a way that you think should be done because we as leaders may not have always have the ideas. We may always not always have the solution, but if we can let others do that and let them fly, we might be amazed and uh, we will be amazed in what they can do for themselves. Yeah, indeed. Mm. So how has your business or industry changed over time and what demands has that put on you or your team if you have a team? So I don't have a team, I'm mostly solopreneur. I do outsource some of my stuff occasionally to contractors and people on Fiverr and Upwork and things like that. But what has happened for me in the leadership training and consulting space or the corporate training space, I mean, just in the last couple of months, you've seen everything has to go online. But I have been preaching that to anybody that would listen to me for years of it's, it's one thing to teach in the classroom and to have presentation skills from a stage But it's another thing entirely to be able to navigate a Zoom meeting or manage teams virtually or communicate with teams virtually because you can't look them in the eye. You know, you don't get some of that in-person feedback that you would get. And so I think that's one of the things that's been changing like crazy. And there's a stat that I saw from Forbes. I can't remember where they exactly got it from, but they said that the online training space is predicted to go to anywhere from $325 to $350 billion a year in by 2025. <laughs> so a lot of this stuff, and that didn't include like colleges and stuff. This is just online learning, wow. corporate learning, things like that. So there's a lot of money that's being spent in the online space. There already was, 
before some of this uh, pandemic stuff forced us to do even more stuff faster online. But that has been something that's been happening for a really long time. And you know, because we've been friends for a while, I've been banging that drum, telling people, you know, you need to get online, you need to build your email list, you need to do these things. And now all of a sudden, there's a sense of urgency from a lot of people because you really don't have any choice at this point. You've got to figure out how to get your stuff online. Yes, the old da-da, time to go. And so, um, listeners, um, I'm here with Dave Gambrell talking about leadership is changing and so forth. And he's just shared that the industry on online training and so forth is expected to go up to around the $350 billion. That's with a B. That's huge amount of industry. And Dave, do you any idea where the industry is now, dollar-wise? So in other words, where it is now and that growth that's still to come yet? Yeah, it's. I don't remember where it was last year. I mean, the last numbers I saw were in the low 200 billions. Mm. And I think that was a couple of years ago. But uh, if you look at what has happened online, like, so we, we talked about LinkedIn a little bit. LinkedIn bought lynda.com a couple of years ago. And I forget what the price tag was for that. But LinkedIn realized that online training was a thing. And so they bought lynda.com and rolled that into their platform and called it LinkedIn Learning. So you see all of these people that are you know buying up this information, buying these training platforms, investing in these things, because that's where we're headed. And the smart money right now is on things that help us do those kind of facilitations remotely. Yeah. And then the other side is that we've seen a lot of, because of the pandemic and so forth, people and companies asking people, well, we've had to go home and stay home and work from home. So a lot of meetings and have been and working from home has happened. And so people have had to learn how to work from home and how to do a lot of these online meetings as well. Have you seen that happening as well in your part of the world? And how have people cope with that? Yeah, it's been fascinating, actually. I had, at one point, all three of my children home. And so two of them are in college, and one of them is in high school. And they were all home from school doing their courses and stuff on Zoom and Google uh, Hangouts or whatever their schools were using. So yeah, I saw it in my own house. A lot, and then people that I would consult with, with or work with, yes, they were they were having these situations happen. And I think one of the things is, you know, we're social animals, right? We're social creatures. We like to be around people and you know break bread with people and have conversations at the water cooler and maybe go out to a bar after work for happy hour, or whatever. Like those are rituals and stuff that as human beings we've done for a really long time. And then those were all taken away, and so there weren't really opportunities in the environment that we had for people to do that. So one of the things I was saying to people was, look, you don't just have to have Zoom calls with your team. Like just set up like Zoom calls with your friends and you can all crack open a beer at home or something, but you know, have a Zoom open with two or three of your friends and just talk like you would. You're just you're not in the same space. So people have had to get a little creative or think about alternative ways to use some of this technology that we have. And I think it's a good thing that it's forcing people to think differently and be creative because this change is going to come, right? The change is always happening. And I think we're changing and in, in industries are changing faster than ever. Uh, there's a book by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kotler that just came out not too long ago. It's called The Future is Faster Than You Think. And if you read some of the stuff in there and the different convergences of technologies we're going to have, things are going to change even faster than they have been already. So there are a lot of people that are not comfortable with change. And I think this pandemic situation has kind of forced their hand a little bit for people to start learning how to adapt a little faster. Yeah, 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 I agree. So it's not just, it has forced uh, everyone's hands uh, in the sense of uh, having to get there out there and, and get used to it. I mean, for me, I've, I've been working online in a global role, you know, for nearly 20 years. So being able to do work virtually, is just, it's, I've just done that. So it's not a change for me. 
however, I've, I've noticed that a lot of people have struggled, but the, the other thing too is the transition between, you know, going, starting work in the morning about what time they finish in the evenings and, and they're finding it hard with that side of things as well, transitioning back into the home life, if I can put it that way. But then the other thing too is, I think we're very fortunate to be able to have the online side of things, to be able to communicate with people, not just with your family locally, but also globally. And that whole footprint, that reach that we have now has just gone to a totally different level. Yeah, it, it has. And I wanted to go back to something you just said there about, you know, people might not be able to turn this stuff off, right? It's like now work has encroached into your home. And, and now you could potentially work 24-7 because all of the stuff you need to do is there. And so I think it is critical that as leaders, you need to make sure that you're setting boundaries for your teams and making sure that you're saying, hey, I don't expect you to be answering things around the clock. Yes, there's a certain time when I might send out emails in the middle of the night, but that doesn't mean I expect you to be doing the same. So those are some conversations that people need to be having too, because I don't think we've revisited the idea of what a workforce should look like since the industrial revolution when Frederick Taylor talked about how to get more out of uh, an assembly line, right? And so we still think about working a nine to five job Monday through Friday, like in many industries, but is that really required? Is that really necessary? And so this is also starting to open up some questions around how do we do work and how do we measure work and why are we paying people for time? Should we be paying people for results or for output? And so I think it's fascinating to hear some of the conversations that are coming up around that as well. Yeah, 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 cool. And, you know, I, um, I noticed that where some leaders I was working with that when it came down to lockdown time and staff were going back to their homes and they had to go and set up things like, a, and they would take their screens, their keyboards and all that sort of stuff. And they were making sure that the staff were all okay. The leaders forgot one thing, and that was to look after themselves. So yes. they were worried about everyone else, but they forgot about themselves. And so it was it was a little bit of a realization for them that, yeah, I, I need to look after my team, but I also need to look after me, myself too, because if I don't, then I'm not going to be useful for anyone else. And so it's been a, a learning for everybody in that sense of, yes, you've got the team, you've got hours that you're working, but then how do you put those boundaries around to be able to work differently as well and make sure you do look after yourself uh, going forward, which has um, been an interesting learning for everyone. Yes, yes, indeed. Hey, um, if there was one thing that you could change in business as a leader today, what would it be? I think I would change this idea, kind of what I just talked about, of how are we measuring output and success and results, right? There's this idea called row uh, results only work environment. And I think in a lot of the white collar type jobs, like software, you know, writing software and things like that, or accountants or, you know, things that are, you don't need to be physically present. There's a lot of jobs and a lot of organizations that could set up a whole different way for people to work. And so I think that's something that we should visit because we have the ability now to have a laptop lifestyle. You could you know, why do you have to be chained down to a certain area in order to, to work? And from a, an employer standpoint, imagine how freeing that is if you could essentially hire from people all over the world, right? So I know Google just announced that they were going to do that. They said, hey, you know what? We're just kind of going to go distributed workforce wherever we can, which I think is pretty cool. But even the software company Automatic, they're the company behind WordPress. They've had a distributed workforce since the beginning. And so the cool thing about that is you can, again, hire people, you can hire the best talent from all over the world. It's not geographically restricted. And so I think there are lots of benefits to both sides of the equation here to revisit how we think about 
Monday through Friday, nine to five existence? Like, does that really have to be what work is? And can we start having conversations about doing that differently and measuring and managing and leading that differently? Yeah, I remember probably about two years ago when I left my corporate role and I, you know, decided to start my own business. So one day I was out walking the neighborhood and as I was walking, because I keep hearing about the future of the workforce and, and things and I'm like, oh, is it just marketing stuff? You know, is it just people going on about things? Is it the, the new buzzword? But as I walked around the neighborhood, I had to stop at 38 because I just keep looking around at all the different properties where there were home businesses now accountants, hairdressers, all sorts of things that people, you know, IT support people, all sorts. And I was like, wow, this is really happening. And so now with the COVID-19, the pandemic and so forth, that's forced that hand as well. But as you're saying, what you really like is that we as leaders need to revisit how we think and how we look at things. I think is really, really important for us to do that. And so if we can do that, then where are we going to go with things going forward? It's We need to look at things differently and from a different perspective. Yep. Do you know, expectations from people have, have changed over, over time. How, in your opinion, and what are your thoughts around, you know, how have employees' expectations of leaders changed? That's a loaded question, but I think that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, back, I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, people were still working at jobs for pretty much their whole career. Maybe they would have two jobs, but essentially you could work for the same place for a pretty long period of time and then retire and then they would take care of you until you died. Like that was the that was the whole thing. And so because of that, because the companies were loyal to the people and they took care of the people, then employees were like, Yes, of course, I'm gonna go the extra mile and give you all this discretionary effort because you're gonna take care of me and what a great relationship and what a great understanding we have. I think that obviously does not happen anymore because the companies are like, all right, we, you know, we got to worry about cutting costs and pensions and all this other stuff. So they're not doing that. And last I saw, people are working on average at a company for about uh, three or four years and then they're moving on. And so because you don't have that built-in loyalty already, I think what employees are looking for from their leaders, from their managers are, are you looking out for me or are you looking out for the company? or both. And I think in an ideal situation, they they have to look out for both, right? Part of your job as a leader or manager is to look out for the best interests of the company. But I think the managers that do it really well will also look out for their employees and say, okay, what are you trying to do? What is your career goal here? What, What path are you on? And if their employee doesn't think they really have a future there, instead of holding it against them, they say, okay, how can we work with you to build your skill set, you know, and, and have you be the best you can be while you're here. But yes, I'm going to support you in your growth to and your transition off to something else. But I think we still have this thing about, oh, you're not loyal to us anymore. Okay, fine, get out of here. And, and I think that creates more problems than are necessary. Like, why don't we just open up that conversation about, hey, we're big boys and girls here. Uh, what is it that you want to do? Oh, okay, you don't think you're going to be here long term. Well, let's see how we can make the best of why you're going to be here and set you up for success no matter what you do, whether you stay here or you go someplace else. I would love to see that kind of thing start to happen more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I've seen uh, whereby leaders get upset when people do leave and leave the teams, but also they will hold, I've seen it happen where they hold people back because they don't want to yes. Because they think, oh, if they leave, then I have to go and rehire and then I won't probably find the same talent again and things like that. But, you know, I, I think, as you are saying before, that's your success story 
if people go off to go and do something and if they're not happy in what they're doing, then they're not going to hang around anyhow. And you don't want somebody in your team who's not happy. You want to make sure, because it's not going to help with productivity and it's going to rub off on others in the team and it's going to cause bigger problems uh, in the long run. Yep, certainly. Yeah. So Dave, what makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? I think successful leaders are really good at having strong beliefs or strong vision that's loosely held. And what I mean by that is they're not always necessarily beholden to the way at which the results are going to happen or how they're going to get there because things are changing so fast that, you know, if you look at Elon Musk and SpaceX, right? They just launched successfully two astronauts to the International Space Station. It was the first time you've had commercial uh, aerospace company launch humans into space, at least in the United States, but I think around the world. And that's a kind of big deal. And one of the things that's fascinating to watch there is how fast all that stuff is changing and how Elon Musk didn't say, okay, we're going to do things just like the government's always done it. Like things are changing so fast. He basically said, listen, we need to figure out how to get human beings up to the space station. You guys figure it out. And so I think you have to have a strong vision. You have to cast that vision. You have to talk about where you want to go. And I said this before in our conversation, but I think this is so critical. You got to then hire really smart people and then get out of their way. And I think if you don't do that now, you're going to hold your organization back. You're going to hold your people back because the people don't have the opportunity to grow and develop with that kind of challenge. And so there's this kind of delicate balancing act of how do you support them and how do you give them the stuff they need and how do you onboard them correctly and make sure they have the skills, but then how do you set them free far enough, you know, give them wide enough boundaries so that they can do, go do something amazing that probably you never even thought could happen. Right. So leaders sometimes get so hung up in the how that it needs to be done but there's probably lots of ways we haven't thought of. Like one of the things I talk about with my kids all the time, people would ask my kids uh, when they were younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? And one of the things I coached them to say was, I don't know because probably the thing I want to do doesn't even exist yet. (laughs) And so like I tried to prime them for the idea that like change is happening so fast. And so I think if, if as leaders, you can say, okay, listen, here's where we are and here's where we're trying to go. I'm going to hire really smart people to help us get there. And then I'm just going to give them the resources and the support they need to make it happen and and just let it happen. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, wow. I I love that piece about, you know, we don't even know where we're going to be and where it's going to go because it is changing so fast. I remember years ago, we had this, we had, we could see new cars coming out all the time. And at the time it was like a Ford Telstra here in this part of the world. And I was like, wow, I love to, when I grow up, I love to have one of those cars. Well, my dad turned around and said to me, he said exactly what you just said with your kids, right? Um, there'll be lots of different cars by the time you can afford or, you know, you're at the age where you can buy a car. Um, so just, you know, think a little bit bigger than just that one car. So it's like, mm, okay, good, good feedback. So it was all, all interesting. Dave, you talked about earlier on whereby you sort of saw where things were going on the online space. And so that's where you decided to change a few years ago. The question I've got for you, and this is you getting you out your crystal ball of the future side of things as well. Where do you see leadership being in five years? I think leadership is going to be faster and more nimble and more, I guess, ambiguous than ever. So just getting back to what I was talking about, this idea of like 
a lot of times things are changing so fast that companies spend a lot of time, especially big companies, right? I, I used to say that uh, large corporations are as powerful and as nimble as an aircraft carrier, <laughs> meaning <laughs> they're really big and they got a lot of firepower, but it takes them a really long time to turn around and, and do some other things, right? So it takes them forever to move somewhere. And so I think what we're going to see is this idea of like paradigms are changing so fast and the way things are getting done so fast. And there's new technology that can do things that we didn't even know, you know, could, we could do two or three years ago. And so I think where we're headed is, again, people are going to have to get comfortable with this idea of, I don't think these words should really ever cross a leader's lips anymore. The idea of we're going to do it this way because that's the way we've always done it. I think we're going to get to a point where you're going to do something once or achieve something once. And the change is going to happen so fast that the way you did it is going to be outmoded very quickly. And so you may be able to take some pieces of that, but I think leadership is changing it in such a way that you're going to have to get really comfortable with having some loose frameworks about how you make decisions and then embracing all the change that's coming because the people that are being super successful are the ones that can adapt to that change. I'm sure your listeners have heard this before. I know you've probably heard it before. There's this exercise that we sometimes do in the corporate space where we show people, give them spaghetti and marshmallows and we tell mm -hmm. them to build, build things with them. Right. And if you watch adults do it, they sit there and they think about it and they plan it and they think about all the you know physics that they learned in school and all these other things, maybe their engineering background, and they plan all this stuff and they try to build something. And in the 10 minutes or 20 minutes they have to build it, they spend all this time planning and then they try to put it together right at the very end and it fails because they just didn't think about some things. Whereas if you watch children do it in this exercise, and you can go Google this, I forget what it's called, the marshmallow experience or experiment or something, but there's videos of this on YouTube. If you watch little kids do it, they try something very quickly and they go, oh, that didn't work. And then I tried again, and then I tried again, and then they tried again. So they iterate so much faster and they're not beholden to, I need to be smart or my initial idea needs to be right. They just say, okay, let's figure this out. Oh, this didn't work. Let's change it. Let's change it. Let's change it. So they don't spend all this time being all upset and hurt about my idea. You know, I have to be the smart guy here. They just say, hey, let's figure out how to do this. And so I think that's, you know, where things are just changing and changing and changing. So we're going to have to figure out how to just embrace that and kind of go with the flow, for lack of a better term. And I know some people are like, no, leaders need to cast a vision. I totally get that. I totally agree with that. But on some level, you're going to have to cast a, a vision or a concept or an idea and, and be okay with it not quite going the way that maybe you thought it would go in your head because things are just adapting so quickly. Yeah, cast a vision and go with the flow. I love that. That's, that's awesome. So, Dave, hey, look, it's been really awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Now, Dave, if people need to get hold of you, or how, you know, how can they do that? That's a great question. I think the best way, since you're listening to a podcast right now, if you want to go over and listen to my podcast, Unleash the Awesome, that's a great way to hear my take on a lot of these things. And I always share you know, ways to get in touch with me. But if you search me on Google, I'm not hard to find. My name's Dave Gambrell. I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes there. And uh, you know, I'm pretty active on Facebook and Instagram and a whole bunch of other places. So just reach out to me and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. So look out for the episodes as they're being published. Listen, put a review and a rating. Share with your friends. And if there's feedback you'd like to give me, please feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. 
and I'd love to hear your feedback. Also, if there's a question you want me to ask leaders going forward, send me an email as well. And also, I'm going to be doing a session, an episode called Ask Dennis, and that's where you can ask me questions on anything that you like in relation to what we're uh, covering here around leadership is changing. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 